John and I were sitting in close proximity to each other during the Timberwolves season opener. The Timberwolves win. John, we have, there are a lot of things to get to. So, uh, many of them are fairly predictable when you have a team that's just getting to know each other. What I think I found most fascinating about game one was not the performance, not they won, not that it was sloppy. It was that in a league where selfishness can destroy a franchise, I thought I saw a Timberwolves team that was almost forcing the ball unselfishly to go bear. It was like everybody wanted go bear to have a big first game and they were trying to get him the ball no matter what it didn't always work out, but I think it's probably a good mindset. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with that, Jim. I think that um, the, the, the definitely, especially in Carl Anthony Towns case, he has made it a priority to kind of say to Rudy to um, show Rudy in the game um, all of those things that, hey, we believe in you offensively. We know that there are be- there have been times in your career when you were with Utah where you got frustrated by your lack of involvement, by the inability to get touches, by they wouldn't pass to you, all this stuff. We may, and, and I think they're saying we may overdo it right now to try and kind of get you feeling comfortable and feeling like you're validated uh, within this team. Now, I do think it was definitely also a big priority in the game against the Thunder because the Thunder are so small. They are just tiny, tiny, tiny. And they thought that that was an opportunity to use Gobert's size and muscle against the Thunder and to their advantage. There have been times in the past where Rudy Gobert has struggled against really small opponents, and it wasn't always smooth uh, in the game on Wednesday night, but I just think that they're making a really concerted effort to do that, and I thought the most encouraging was to see the way that Carl Anthony Towns kind of just was content to come around the screen and roll, come downhill and throw little lobs to Rudy. And they were, there were a couple that were incredibly effective. So they can definitely build on that going forward as they, you try to get that chemistry down and make this roster construction, this lineup construction, a real viable uh, path for them. He's John Krasinski. This is the John Krasinski Show, part of TalkNorth.com. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app to listen to the show. It's free. It's easy. But you can always go to TalkNorth.com, see the shows, see the archives of all the shows we have, outdoor content, sports content, variety content. Thanks to our producer, Brian Burdett. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, TalkNorthPod, and see the shows, all the shows as they are released. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, Manscaped, All Energy Solar, and Head Flyer Brewing, and thanks to everyone for listening. Do appreciate it. Interesting day for Cat. Uh, go to the shoot around, and he's pounding on the little table. You know, they have a little table there. It's not a podium; it's just a it's a table, and that's where people can put their microphones or whatever recording device they have. Carl was actually pounding on that table, saying, "We need to be great," and he like walked right over after shoot around. He wanted to do have that send that message out. I asked Kyle Anderson about it. He said he that Carl Anthony Towns early in the morning is walking into the locker room yelling the same thing. And then you get to the game and he's passing the ball a lot. It seems to me uh, what all that translates to is that Towns realizes that at this point in his career, winning is much more important than stats or anything else. Yeah, I I really do think that that's the case. Um, He knows, he is keenly aware of the perception about him around the league and that is an empty box score that is a guy who does not contribute to winning 
um, all of those things. He and I, frankly, think some of that is unfair because of all of the turnover from coaches to GMs to teammates that he's had to endure over his now going into his eighth season. But that's reality. This is what he faces. He gets a lot of criticism for it. And some of it has been deserved in the past. Um, And so I do think that he is at a point in his life as about to turn 27 in November that he just understands what is important um, and what is going to help both this team, but also his legacy, his personal legacy. And that's why I do think you saw him so uh, comfortable and easy and, and, and happy to be a facilitator in the game on Wednesday night and not to just look for his own shot because he wants Rudy to go to be happy. And he knows that that is the pathway toward real team success. And it's taken some time for him. He's had to mature. He's had to understand things. He's had to um, you know, make mistakes. Uh, but I think that you know, people have been concerned about cat and sharing the spotlight for first with Anthony Edwards and now with Rudy Gobert. But if you're around him and you speak to him, I, th- I do think that there is a real tangible uh, yearning for him to win games. And I think he is going to be more open to doing the things that his coaches are telling him he needs to do to help them win. And that's what I think act- actually makes me as bullish on this team as I have been is, of course, Rudy Gobert is a great player. Of course, Anthony Edwards and Jane McDaniels look like they could be making third-year leaps, but it's it's Towns' ability to um, to kind of adapt to his teammates and give them what they need from a game-in and game-out basis. I think it's going to be one of the real keys to their ability to go deep into the playoffs, to win a bunch of games, to get a home court advantage, all those things. While Cat was uh, very unselfish on t- on Wednesday night, we also saw pretty impressive assist totals from people like Anthony Edwards. And, you know, I, I thought Edwards settled too often for jump shots, that he should have been driving the ball harder. Uh, I also saw him coming out of the locker room at halftime with huge ice packs on his knees. I don't know whether that's some, something that we need to read into or not, or if it's just typical of his routine. Uh, but but Edwards passed the ball beautifully. Yeah, he did. He 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 really did. Um, and just to start, the 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 ice pack thing is something that he's always done. Um, it's okay. just a maintenance thing to try and make sure that he's taking the best care of his knees. And he does it when he's sitting on the bench. He does it at halftime. He does it after games. So that's just a regular maintenance thing. Um, but uh, when you yes, when you look at his approach in the game, uh, to to you could see that I think early on in the game he was happy to to be passing the ball around. Now, I was wondering when he was going to get a little trigger happy, when he was going to say, okay, I need to start getting my shots. And he still got 17. He led the team in shots, was 17 last night. Um, But he was having trouble finishing at the rim when he got there. His jumper was not falling. He was one for seven from three. But to see him find other ways to, to be effective, and with the seven assists, eight rebounds, Um, he had a couple of turnovers, but I think that he had moments of good defense. He had moments where Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, gave him some trouble too, uh, but he's going to have to be super well-rounded 
this season. Um, and, and, and kind of, there's probably going to be fewer games where he is going to just dominate the game by scoring, by putting up 35 or 40 points and that, because they just have so many offensive weapons that I don't think the volume of shots are going to come. And I don't think that they need to come. And so, uh, that uh, means that he's going to have to do other things in the passing, especially early was big because the the defense is going to collapse on him when he gets into the paint and that he was seeing open teammates and being able to find guys and not have too many turnovers or anything like that. I think that was a promising first step for Anthony Edwards, and he's going to have much better shooting nights than he had last night. And I think that was the other thing like Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards combined to shoot six for 27. I've never seen Carl Anthony Towns go two for 10 in a game before. Like I may have one time, but he's just usually ultra efficient. So um, you got to think that they will play with more efficiency going forward. And that will help iron out some of the wrinkles that we saw. But, um, but yeah, that's uh, to see Ant, find other ways to be effective, I think is a big uh, and important thing. I want to talk a lot about a lot of other individual players, but let's just go big picture here for a second. Uh, first of all, what did you think of the crowd size and the crowd energy? Um, the crowd energy was pretty good. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I thought there were going to be a few more people in the stands. Me too. Um, I, just given the, the the sort of the energy and the excitement that we have felt, you know, in talking to fans um, and, and seeing the social media interactions and, and all of that stuff, I really did think that uh, that it was going to be closer to a packed house. There were still big stretch uh, sections of the upper deck and the end zones that were empty. Um, and, and I do think that they're just, I guess it just shows that they still have work to do. Uh, if they can get a good start here and maybe be five and oh, four and one going into the Laker game on a Friday night in a couple of weeks, I think then you'll start to see things go around. But, um, but yeah, there, I, I thought there would be more and you could also tell, I did, I do think it was, was indicative of where the mindset is right now is that in the third quarter, when the Thunder were making their run, when they were out rebounding and outworking the Wolves, when they were um, when they were creeping up ahead, their six points ahead late in the third quarter, there were boos coming. And I think that just shows that there are real expectations on this team this year. They 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 believe that they should be uh, a, a, an upper echelon Western Conference team. And when that doesn't happen, when they are not performing up to their abilities, when they are getting outworked by an inferior team, I think the crowd is going to let them know that and really, you know, kind of let them know that, hey, the honeymoon is over. Like last year was fun and it was cute and it was cuddly and everyone was having a, a blast that way. But now there are real stakes and now there are real expectations. And so they ex the, this crowd expects a more consistent level of effort and execution than what they saw last night. And they were not hesitant to make their feelings known when they didn't like what they saw. Yeah, just to double down on what you said, I really felt, you know, whether and I felt it even before we went to Head Flyer Brewing and you had hundreds of people showing up to hear you and Dane Moore. Uh, I just felt like this was going to be a packed building and kind of a crazy crowd. And it was a good crowd, but it wasn't huge and it wasn't overly, you know, it, it wasn't as crazed, I guess, as I thought. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe that's just the nature of, of Timberwolves fandom and Minnesota fandom is maybe they're just in a place where they just have to see it to believe it. 
I, I think that's it, Jim. I really do. Um, you look at kind of, I, they just have so much scar tissue built up and it's not just from the wolves. It's from the twins. It's from the Vikings in the playoffs. It's from the wild. It's from the gophers. Like they have had so much and stress inflicted upon them that they come in. And I do think that they have a little bit of hesitancy opening their hearts a little bit. And they are always waiting for something else to happen. They're right. Wait, wait, they're waiting for a, another shoe to drop and things to go wrong. And then when it started to go wrong in the third quarter, it was, Oh, here we go again. Same old Timberwolves, this and that. Um, and so they just have been through a lot mentally really over the last couple of decades here and longer. And, and so the, the devotion and the trust is going to have to be earned. And I do think that the wolves have taken a lot of steps in the right direction on that front in kind of convincing the fans to give them another chance. But now it's up to them to continue to show them that, Hey, no, we're not going to burn you. Like we are worthy of your attention and your faith and your love and all of those things. And so um, just, just kind of hang with us. I think that's, that's a thing right now. And, and so this is a team that is capable of winning 50 plus games of really playing high level basketball, but they didn't do that for long stretches in the season opener. They were playing a team that everyone in the world expected them to beat. And so there was less of an edge and a less of an energy in that crowd. And I think if the wolves are able to sustain some success and really kind of get things going, then then I think the bandwagon will fill up and there will be a momentum and, and things will go in the right direction. But this is still a process and the fans have are, are being very um, pragmatic with their approach so far. They just, they're, they're not ready to, to go all the way in just yet. And they're going to have to see a little bit more. And um, I can't really blame them for that. I want to talk about the player that might've impressed me more than anyone else on the floor last night. First though, let's tell you about TSR injury law, 612 TSR time. You know, the deal, uh, they don't charge you unless they win your case. They win so many cases that they keep on upgrading their offices. Now they're in a palatial suite, uh, not even suite. They have a couple of floors, uh, top of beautiful place down in Bloomington that we have visited. Uh, we needed to get together with Steve again soon to do another show with him. Uh, but hey, you've gotten to know Steve Terry through these podcasts. He's a fan like you are. Uh, he is passionate, smart, ethical, uh, and he's just somebody you would trust. If you need or ever put in the terrible position of needing an injury lawyer, you want somebody you can trust and somebody's going to win your case. And uh, that's why you go to TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. John, tell us about Head Flyer. Yeah, Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. Uh, everyone, it's, the weather's going to be awesome this weekend. How many great weather weekends do we have left? So why don't you head out to Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis this weekend. They have fly a Flyer Fest event this weekend that features special beer releases, live music, and they're going to have food by Beast barbecue and it's going to be so nice the music's going to be outdoor they have an awesome tap room but they also have a huge kind of patio deck right out the right out the front so you can get outside you can soak up some fall colors you can soak up some great head flyer beer listen to some music and try and maximize 
the good weather days that we have left. We all know winter's going to be here right around the corner, but it's going to be 60, 70 degrees this weekend. Why not get out to Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis? Tell them the John Krasinski Show sent you. Enjoy some live music, some special beer releases, and some food by Beast Barbecue at Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. The Inflation Reduction Act has raised the federal solar investment tax credit from 26 to 30 percent. People feared that it was going to drop. It went up. That's a good deal for you, especially if you want to work with all energy solar uh, energy. The rebate includes solar power with battery backup. There may be additional solar incentives depending on the location of the property. Solar power with battery backup can keep your lights on and heat running when a summer or winter storm hits. Solar and electric vehicles are the perfect pair. Kick fossil fuels to the curb at home and on the road by using solar to power your EV at home or provide that as a service to your business employees and customers. Now is a great time to secure your spot for next year's installation. You might want to act soon. According to some studies, one in four homeowners want to invest in solar with in the next five years, but the grid has limited capacity. Grab your opportunity and go to allenergysolar.com. And now the highlight of the show, John's Manscaped commercial. Michael Myers sure is scary, but the last thing you need is to be hairy this Halloween. <laughs> Luckily, our friends at Manscaped launched their fourth generation for performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day. Turn your bite-sized treat into a king-sized candy and join the six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC. Make the right call this spooky season. It's trick or trim. Have you ever tried to trim your balls and turn, and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're feeling your best in your costume. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's a full moon out, and the werewolf in your pants is howling. It's time to tackle that problem with the Lawnmower 4.0. The finely tuned pube products feature a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology the lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest ball trimmer on the planet and oh did i mention this trimmer is waterproof too this trimmer is a shower essential manscaped also just launched their new body buffer this 100 antibacterial body scrubber is just what you need to keep you fresh and clean this halloween get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com it was rudy gobert's night uh for all the obvious reasons one of the biggest uh trades in franchise history one of the most compelling trades in minnesota sports history uh gobert's you know, a great player and he played really well and he was highly productive but i think i was most impressed with Jaden mcdaniels last night he led the team in plus minus uh he tied for the lead in minutes played he was excellent on both ends uh, 19 points six rebounds three assists three steals two blocks only one turnover but the only flaw was he went over three from three yeah of course that can happen on any given night i thought mcdaniels was the best player on the court uh for long stretches last night I agree with you, Jim. I'm just a a very confident performance from Jaden McDaniels. He came, he did a lot of work this summer on adding to his game, on being more comfortable off the dribble, on his shooting, on on a lot of those things. And there were times last year as a rookie where he seemed 
a little skittish or, uh, or excuse me, as a second year player where he seemed a little skittish, a little unsure of himself. Um, but there was none of that in game one. He was putting the ball on the floor. He was getting it to the basket. He was, he tried a couple of just ridiculous dunks, didn't complete them. But I think that just shows you the confidence with which he is playing and he believes in himself and he believes that he can throw some of those big dunks down. And so because of that assertiveness and aggressiveness, he got to the line 10 times. I mean, that's great. He was nine for 10 from the line. Incredible uh, performance that way. And I think you hit on it too. His defense was exceptional. And I think that they need Anthony Edwards and Jade McDaniels to be huge for them defensively um, and to carry a lot of the ro- of the load. Uh, Edwards had spots where he was really good and spots where he wasn't last night. McDaniels was pretty damn good the whole night and that level of consistency defensively is just going to be so big for this team but you can see that Jaden McDaniels has a lot more to his game um, and is going to be able to do things that I think people never would have guessed that he were capable of doing and so to see him play with that efficiency um, it, that control without forcing things. He just kind of took his opportunities. D'Angelo Russell told us after the game that he did all of that without one play being called for him. And mm-hmm. so if he's going to be able to be effective that way, uh, that's a huge thing and a really good thing for the Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell's in a fascinating situation. Uh, he comes here as a max player to be kind of a co-star. And now, you know, he might be, there going to be nights where he's like, he ends up looking like their fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh best player. Last night he was – it was kind of, to me, a typical D'Angelo Russell performance where you're looking at it going, my God, that, that wasn't good. That wasn't good. And then he's almost like Kirk Cousins where you're not impressed during the process. And then you look at the box score and it's usually pretty good, uh, 20 points, uh, of course, a, a bad plus minus. Uh, so what did, what did you make of him last night? What do you make of the situation he is in terms of his career? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know – it was it was interesting to watch him because I thought that from a shot making standpoint, it was it was good. And I do think that you could see him running the pick and roll with Rudy Gobert and seeing all of the open space that he is going to have and, and adjusting to that. There were times where he would get his defender on his hip coming off of that screen and and get to the basket and he didn't always make it there but make the shots there but he you could see he's kind of feeling it out and trying to see what exactly is going to be available to him he had four turnovers as well Jim but there are a couple of them that were really good passes that either went through Rudy Gobert's hands or someone else's hands that I don't think necessarily were right on D'Angelo Russell um so he has I think the hardest job on this team and that is to be the quarterback of this offense and he was telling us last night how much he wants to be a passer especially early in the game to try and get other teammates to follow him and keep the ball moving I thought he was effective in the first half of that I thought it really dried up in the third quarter and so um, yeah I think there's going to be some roller coaster moments for him where things are going really well and he's knocking down shots and he's throwing dimes. And then there are other times where he's chasing on defense. Uh, he's forcing things offensively and, and, and everything really slows down. So I thought that last night was 
a, a performance from him with that that was kind of indicative of the team's performance as a whole. There were times he looked really good. There were times that he really was struggling to kind of get a flow and a rhythm going both for himself and for the rest of the team. So uh, I can see eventually him getting better timing with Rudy Gobert on the screen and roll, uh, him opening things up and finding where his teammates are going to be and, and getting a better feel for that. And then things really improving on that front. Um, but right now, I think you're going to see for the next, I don't know, week, two weeks or so, him really searching, trying to find what is available to him, what's going to work, what isn't. And there's going to be some sink or swim moments for him that are probably going to have a real outcome on how the team looks in general. I always say don't watch preseason games. You'll be smarter by not watching them. And uh, we see Bryn Forbes lighted up in the preseason. We see Nas Reed, sometimes the Wolves' best player in the preseason. Uh, Nas didn't play. Bryn Forbes somehow didn't make any shots. It was like a plus eight, which is really yeah. funny. Uh, uh, so w- when do you think Nas will play? What is the matchup they're looking for to play him in? You know, I, I think it's going to be kind of difficult for him, Jim, um, a lo- for a lot of this season. I mean – Last night, uh, Carlin T. Towns plays 35 minutes. Rudy Gobert plays 34 minutes. There just isn't any other minutes to go around at center for him. Now, I could see on nights where Cat gets into foul trouble or, you know, maybe even like you could argue the third quarter might have been a good time for him to you know, to go in maybe toward the end of the third quarter last night when the Thunder were just making their runs, uh, were outworking the Timberwolves, and you need some kind of hustle and energy, and maybe that's a time to stick Nas in the game. I can see why Chris Finch did not do that. I mean, you want to kind of stick with your guys as well, and you want to give them a chance to work out of things, but uh, the opportunities for Nas Reed are going to be, I think, pretty infrequent at times. And so how he handles that part of it is going to be kind of a real key because at some point they are going to need him and they are going to go to him. But is he going to be ready in those cases or is he going to get a little frustrated by not getting consistent minutes and it's just the nature of it you trade for an all nba center you put another all nba center right next to him in the front court they're just they're not uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of room for him and so finch will have to sort of wedge him in um at times and will he be able to thrive in that we're not sure but um, but I do think that there will come a time where the offense is just sludgy, where they're not really moving around and hustling. And then Finch will go to Nas Reed to try and inject some energy and some movement into it. And we'll see if Nas can do that. But they have a packed schedule here. They're going to play a bunch of games this weekend, back to back Sunday, Monday. Uh, we're going to we're going to see this team trying to develop in real time right before our eyes. Um uh, and I want to want to do in future shows. It's funny. I was talking to Dane Moore. You know, our, uh, does the does the yeah. Dane Moore NBA podcast? He was our guest at Head Flyer before the game, and he was saying, you know, this is going to be kind of a wonky year for Timberwolves writers because we're going to have to explain why the offense and defense are or not working, what you know schemes they're using that are playing to strengths. And I thought it was interesting after the game last night. Uh, that some I can't remember who it was. Somebody said basically, hey, we tried a bunch of different defenses tonight. You know, so it's it's. 
you know, what, so we'll save a more detailed conversation about those things for the future, but how close to what we're going to see in the future did we, did we get last night? Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that in terms of variety, it was, it was like that. I mean, when Rudy Gobert was in the game, they were playing more of a drop coverage where he dropped back on the pick, pick and roll and he kind of roamed and, and protected the rim and roamed the paint. Um, and then when they went straight to a Carl Anthony Towns centered offense and Rudy was on the bench, it was more of the high wall that they were doing, um, you know, previously and last year. And then, you know, Cat would run some some drop as well to try and, you know, throw some different looks at at Oklahoma City. Um, but I think that the advanced numbers when Rudy was on the floor, the defense had a, a, a net rating or a defense rating of 85 and which is incredible. It's great. When he was off the floor, it was like 140, which is wow. awful. So um, I do think that what Chris Finch has wanted is for them to be able to throw different looks at different teams, depending on the matchups, depending on who's on the floor and all those things. Last year, they were really a one trick pony when it came to defense and that worked all right. They were 13th in the league in defense. That was pretty good for the Timberwolves, but they want to be more versatile. And so I think the hope is that as the season goes along, as they run each of their sets a little bit more, they get more familiar, they get more effective with it, and they the, that things don't just fall off a cliff when Gobert comes off the floor, that they are able to hold down the fort without him. And so um, it's a work in progress. It is an absolute work in progress, and um, it's going to take some time before we can either say that they've got it down or it's not working, um, and, and they have to change things up. So... I would imagine you're going to see a lot of experimentation. You're going to see a lot of good things and a lot of really bad things. And then after maybe a 10 to 15 game sample size, maybe things start to congeal and they have a little bit more of an identity and a more comfort level and, and things start looking up in the right way. Next week, I want to get more into that, uh, you know, how these schemes work, what you see, how you can identify them, because I think there are a lot of there are a lot of very knowledgeable Timberwolves fans. There are also a lot of casual fans who probably haven't thought about things in that way. And, you know, I think you're going to be able to provide some instruction on and all that. Uh, for today, remind you that uh, John Krasinski can also be heard on the Viking Update show. We have two Viking shows, one with John, one with uh, Jeff Diamond, the former Vikings general manager. If you like basketball, we have the Cheryl Reeve show and an interesting and with Cheryl's schedule, we're getting some interesting uh, guest hosts in. I won't uh, tell you who the next one is, but it's somebody that Timberwolves fans should be interested in. So check all that out at TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Let's get a final thought from John. And once again, thanks to TSR Injury Law, Manscaped, All Energy Solar, and Head Flyer Brewing. Yeah, I will say, um, you know, Wednesday night, frankly, went as I thought it would. It's mm-hmm. going to be patchy. It's going to be spotty. Um, I will say, though, that uh, they're going to have to play better to beat Utah. Utah has real players um, and real hard workers and Vanderbilt and Beasley. And those guys are going to come in and want to uh, to kind of take it to the Wolves. And the, uh, the Jazz beat up on the Denver Nuggets uh, in, in the opener and and really just kind of overwhelmed them with their energy and their physicality. And that, those were two things that were lacking at times for the Timberwolves. So they better be ready. But um but I do think that fans do have to prepare themselves that some of these games early are going to be 
white knuckle rides, even though they the Wolves have a lot more talent than any of these teams that they're going to be facing. It's just going to take a little bit of time before we can say, you know, that, okay, they're settling in. Things are going to be okay here. Um, so get ready to grit your teeth, get ready to pull your hair out a little bit. Um, and, but yeah, I think the Wolves know that they better bring a little bit more than they did on Wednesday night or otherwise uh, Vanderbilt's going to going to just outwork them and overwhelm them and and they're going to walk out with an L. So maybe a little wake up call and and that's all right. This is that's what the early part of the schedule is for. And you bring up a really good point that I probably should have brought up earlier in the show, which is that, that when Gobert wasn't involved, the Wolves <laughs> did get pushed around. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely did. And and the the scary thing for the Wolves is that um, the the Thunder are about as small of a team as yep. you're going to see uh, there. Every team going forward is going to be a little bit bigger. Um, and and so to see um, Eugene Omarui, I think I don't even know how to spell his last or pronounce his last name, but he was he's built like a rhinoceros. He's like six, six and two forty. Uh, but he like inflicted physical harm on the wolves and he just outworked them, um, you know, to, to see kind of Luke, uh, Dort, like a, a lot of their guys just kind of use muscle to push them around, to push the wolves around. They can't let that happen. And Chris Finch said it time and time again after the game is like, we've got to be more physical. And it's from top to bottom. It's every single player on the roster. And so they're, they're, they are going to be challenged physically. The wolves are, especially when Rudy is off the floor and they got to be ready to push back a little bit or otherwise they're going to get overwhelmed that way. So much to talk about. There's going to be so much to talk about every week with this team. It's going to be fascinating to watch them develop. Uh, Thanks to John. Thanks to Brianne. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week to tell you how they're doing.